Welcome to episode number 286 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Quick thank you to everybody who left the review on Stitcher over the past week, which is a, a new podcast platform that I've published the show. They've got a great mobile app, and you can listen to the show right there on Stitcher.com and a bunch of new reviews of the podcast there, which I appreciate very, very much. So, so thank you for everybody who, who did that for me. Uh, today we're going to be talking about how to use an online tennis course. And this was submitted by Ed via email. He's a listener of the podcast. It was kind of funny in reviewing his questions, kind of seemed strange to me that I haven't covered this before. I've done uh, two, over 280 episodes of the, the podcast and published, I don't know, some 15 plus different digital training programs online for tennis players, but I've never done, created like a resource on how, how to actually consume that content. Now, of course, in, typically in the welcome videos themselves for those programs, I'll, I'll create kind of a little roadmap and suggest how people go through the program. But this, is gonna, this episode is going to be much more comprehensive than that. And let me start off by reading the, the actual question that Ed submitted. He said, I'm a 4045, hungry to get better, striving for mastery. And if I get a video course from your site or from another site, can you advise how to best use the content? The reason I ask is this, and then he posts kind of three bullet point questions here. When is the best time to watch course videos before I play, like one or two hours before, a day before I play. And then number two, when I usually play, I don't bring a phone or a laptop with me, so I don't watch the videos when I play. When I do play, I don't rent a court for uh, solo hitting. I usually play with an instructor or a coach. So how do I tell them to use your videos? Anyway, I think you get where I'm going with this line of questioning. The videos are great. What is the best way to use them versus becoming an armchair quarterback, as you mentioned? Uh, sorry, tennis armchair quarterback, which I don't remember which podcast episode he's referring to, but not too long ago, I talked about players who like to amass content and amass hours of viewing and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos, et cetera, et cetera, but they don't actually put any of it into practice. And so there it's the phrase here in America is armchair quarterback, meaning somebody who sits in their their recliner in their living room and watches a lot of American football and likes to think that they know a whole lot about how to play and they've got all the answers for their favorite team, but no, they, they never do what makes sense to them. And they're an armchair expert. They don't actually go out and do it or put it into practice or learn how it works in, in real life. So let me start off by sharing how not to use an online course. And this could be for tennis or otherwise. I've pers personally signed up for and consumed a lot of different online content in areas related to online business, whether that be marketing or sales or content and production or personal development stuff too. I, I've signed up for online courses. And so I can tell you from personal experience, it's easy to fall into a couple different traps, but here's how you don't use an online course. Step one, watch the videos. Step two, learn lots of new concepts and information. Step three, keep playing tennis without any deliberate training. And this is best case scenario, by the way. There's a whole bunch of people out there who are serial 
video watchers, they're serial YouTube surfers, or they're serial course purchasers, but they don't even actually consume the content very well in the first place. But yeah, let's just assume that you do actually consume the content. The worst place to go after that is just right back to playing the game without actually putting into practice any of what you learn. So how do you put it into action? How do you implement what it is that you learn? Well, I'm going to put that into a couple of steps for you. Step one is watch yourself play tennis first. And I would say this goes before you even purchase a course. If you're listening and you've purchased online training courses for tennis and you've never seen yourself hit a forehand, you've never seen yourself play a singles point or a doubles point, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say you're wasting your money, but to a, to a certain degree, and depends on what your level of awareness is, you are wasting money because you don't know the reality of your game until you see it from a third-person perspective. And this has been a, just an ongoing theme over the last several months here on the podcast. But here's how I recommend you do that. Make a list of the top three areas of your game that need improvements. So that could be your forehand, your serve, your backhand. And then for each of those top three areas, list the top one or two sub-elements that you need to make improvements to. So for your serve, maybe that would be your trophy pros and your racket drop. Or maybe on your forehand, it would be a more vertical swing path to make more topspin and better use of the kinetic chain. You know, whatever it is. If you don't know how to prioritize and you don't know how to analyze yourself, then that's fine. A good course will give you those tools. And when I create a course on the forehand or on the backhand or on single strategy, that's definitely my, one of my primary objectives is anybody who consumes that content, I want to teach them how to teach themselves. I want to teach them how to how to analyze their own game. I, I want to teach them how to evaluate where they are currently and whatever the skill is that the course teaches and then show them step-by-step step in a very progressive way how to achieve the changes that they need to make. And so hopefully that course that you just purchased will educate you on how to do that. But unfortunately, most players completely skip this step altogether. And that is self-awareness. That is gaining knowledge and insight about what they're doing right now. They completely skip it and they just sim simply buy and consume videos and then guess at it, at it is what they need. That was in a correct sense. They guess at what it is that they need. And without video, you're guessing, period. And you might have a pretty educated guess, but you're, I promise you a thousand percent, you're completely missing the boat on something else that you're completely unaware of that would totally reprioritize what it is that you're working on. So step one in how to use an online tennis course is watch yourself play tennis. And if it's your forehand you want to improve, watch yourself hit forehands. If it's your backhand you want to improve, watch yourself hit backhands. If it's your doubles play, watch yourself play doubles. Step two is consume appropriate content. And just learning about your personal elements and, and what you need improving, that, that's great. But from there, you want to specifically consume things that are focused on what it is that you want to improve. Now, I'll just go ahead and put it out there that if you want to watch a whole bunch of content, if you want to consume content content just for pure enjoyment of it, 
then that's fine. But if your goal is to actually improve, then it's really important that you have a narrow focus. If you spend two hours a day just going through YouTube and browsing random internet uh, instruction on random tennis topics, then you're going to have a huge, huge, broad swath of information or knowledge. But chances are you won't put any of it to practice or the percentage that you do put into practice will be very, very small. And so an hour and a half of that time that you spent watching videos could have been used actually training new habits, aka actually making you a better player. So narrow focus is really critical. And I actually talked about this in episode number 263 of the podcast, which is called Stop Watching Tennis Videos. Uh, I recommend you listen to that if you haven't already. It's all about actually putting things into play instead of just consuming content. So if it's a narrowly focused course that you signed up for and it's just focuses on exactly what you need, then great. An example of our course that does that is Serve Mechanic. Serve Mechanic focuses exclusively on a couple of the main serve technique flaws that tennis players have. And so if you know that you have a crappy racket drop, then Serve Mechanic specifically addresses that. So great. So you know exactly what to watch and exactly what course to sign up for. Now, on the other hand, if it's a huge comprehensive training program, then it'll take a little bit of self-control for many of you to be really disciplined about what you consume. For example, our course called Forehand Mastery, exactly uh, as it sounds, covers everything related to the forehand. And there's like 120, 130 different videos. Everything you could possibly want to achieve on the forehand ground stroke is covered there. And so when you watch yourself hit forehands, this is why it's critical that you do watch yourself so that you can prioritize what it is that you see, what parts are breaking down, and what it is that you need to improve. So that when you go into forehand mastery, you know to go right to that section of the course that works on kinetic chain, that works on training development for how you actually achieve better use of the body, and you follow that. You don't get caught up in windshield wiper or the reverse follow through or swinging with more power or hitting with more topspin because that's not the thing that is holding you back the most. And so in a huge comprehensive program, you've got to be disciplined. Otherwise, you just go down a bunch of different rabbit holes and again, nothing really improves. Now, so this brings us to the end of step two. Step one was watch yourself play tennis. Step two was consume appropriate and focused content on that topic. Now, before we go to step three, please note that nothing has improved yet. You haven't actually changed any habits. Let me repeat that. You've watched yourself. You've analyzed yourself. You've consumed appropriate and focused content. You have not yet improved your game, at least not for technique. It's possible at this point that you've made some improvements, some relatively automatic improvements to your mental game or to strategy. When it comes to the mental game or strategy, it's possible to consume the information, understand it, and and kind of... Uh, meditate on it, and go out to the court and make some improvements the very next time you hit. And that's great. It's, it's possible there to have some quick improvements just from consuming content and being self-aware. But if we're talking about technical changes, if we're talking about improving a forehand or a serve, your volleys, or anything else technique-related, your, your split step, your footwork, then nothing has improved yet. We haven't yet touched how to actually change 
your habits. And so to go back to Ed's original questions, he's saying, oh, should I just watch the videos or an hour or two before or a day before? And the way, I, I don't know if this is the way he meant it or not, but the way I'm reading it and the way I'm decoding these questions is him essentially asking, so how long do I need to let that video play percolate in my brain before it just automatically happens on the course? Should I just watch videos a week ahead of time or a day ahead of time or one to two hours? Or maybe I need to watch it like during a changeover and then my forehand will just magically get better. Maybe I'm throwing you under the bus there a little bit, Ed. If if so, I apologize. But I, I'm the way the reason why I bring this up is I know there's many, many, many tennis players out there who have fallen for the the trick of consuming information or gaining knowledge and thinking they're better players. And it's a lie. Maybe not necessarily a purposeful lie, but it's a lie we tell ourselves thinking that we're improving when if you were to actually watch yourself, you would see that nothing is actually changing. And so I, I just kind of, as a little aside, as a little pit stop, making really clear here that after step one and step two, nothing has changed yet. You haven't actually improved any habits. And so that brings us to step number three, which is train new skills. And this does not happen during matches. Training new skills does not happen during team practices or drills, or clinics, or fun hitting back and forth, unless you're well above average in the areas of physical awareness, kinesthetic awareness, and athleticism. If you're an exceptional athlete, then it's possible to watch a good example, or watch a video, or listen to an explanation, and just go do something even maybe within the context of a drill or a team practice or, or maybe even a match. For 99% of us, it, that will not work because in that team practice, in that drill, in that match, we are optimizing for a particular result. In other words, we're on the baseline playing a doubles point. The ball lands in front of our forehand We've got two net players, and now all of a sudden, there's a very, very specific result we need to achieve, or else our player, our, our partner, rather, up at the net is going to get killed. And so if we just hit any old shot, then those net players are going are gonna to totally eat your lunch. And so all of a sudden, you need a very particular outcome from your forehand. And anything that's new, anything that's surface level, anything that hasn't been trained as an unconscious habit will completely 100% go out the window. And instead of using that new thing, you'll revert right back into your familiar old habit. That means you have not improved. That means all that knowledge you gained about your forehand a day before or an hour before or a week before or for that matter, the rest, all the whole rest of your career or life goes out the window when the rubber meets the road and you have to achieve a certain result. When you get pressured, you go back to your old habits. When you need a certain result, you go back to your old habits. And so it's critical that you spend time on the court purposefully training new habits after you've built awareness of your own strokes after you've analyzed yourself, after you've consumed appropriate focused content, you must spend time on the court purposefully developing a new habit or else it will never, ever, ever make it into where it really matters, which is during 
competitive environments or even during a, just a fun match where you really want to win. So what you need to do here is pick one element to focus on for each stroke that you want to improve. And then each training session, spend at least 20 minutes per stroke using deliberate practice. <clears throat> what does deliberate practice mean? It means starting from the easiest execution that you can manage of that new skill to the point where you can do the new thing correctly at least half the time. For most players, if you've watched our coaching videos where we make huge changes in players' strokes within a matter of a couple hours, 99% of the time we start with shadow swings. No ball is being hit. That means we totally take away the player's need or desire to hit the ball in a certain way, and we have them just demonstrate mindfully the new movement. Start with shadow swings, then go to drop and hit. Something where, it, again, it doesn't matter if you make it or miss it. There's no partner waiting to rally with you. Uh, there's not even a coach hitting you balls back and forth. Just drop to yourself and practice executing. And then progress from there to the next layer of difficulty. But only when you're executing that new thing correctly 75% of the time or more. How do you know? There's only one way, and that is to check using video. Please don't guess. Please don't assume. If you assume, then I can virtually guarantee you that you, as you progress in difficulty from progression to progression, you will slowly but surely slide back right into your old familiar habits because that is what you've trained. That is what you've trained. That is what your sub subconscious will recruit the second that you're pressured or you're stressed or you need a certain result, you'll go click, you'll just click right back into that, that old pattern. So check using video. And as long as you're executing three quarters of the time correctly or more, then go ahead and keep slowly progressing to a little bit more difficulty, a little bit more difficulty while checking yourself frequently. If you really start sliding backwards and you start executing the new thing less than 25% of the time correctly, then drop down in difficulty and, and progress backwards to a drill or an execution that's less difficult, that's less challenging, that stresses you less. Check using video. And then once you're up above 50% execution again, hopefully 75%, then progress forwards again. This is the process that we use in a nutshell. And your goal is to keep progressing one little step at a time until you've mastered that new technique. Now, for ideas on this, if you want idea, if you say, Ian, I have no idea what you're talking about, progressing forwards, progressing backwards, what does that mean exactly? I did a whole podcast episode just on progressions, and that's episode number 260. The title of that episode is 24 Tennis Improvement progressions. And in order, I list 24 different training progressions from easiest to most difficult. And if you listen to that, take notes, then you'll easily be able to plug in different levels and, and layers of difficulty and challenge to help you progress through the process of training purposefully that new skill. And so that brings us to step number four. Step one, again, a quick review. Step one, watch yourself play tennis. Step two, consume appropriate and focused content based on what you learn about yourself in step one. Step three is train new skills using deliberate practice. 
Step four is rinse and repeat. Hopefully the course that you signed up for has progressions included. They've got drills that you can follow step by step. If not, you may need to develop your own progressions. And that's fine. You can use that podcast number 260 to help you for ideas there. But the bottom line is watching videos alone, consuming course content alone will not lead to better technical execution. You must put in the work to change your habits. And if you don't follow a process like what I laid out, if you just blindly trust that you'll go out there and, oh, I watched a video on forehand power. Sweet. I'm going to go out and hit my new forehand. I'm sorry, but it just doesn't work that way. It takes training. It takes very deliberate practice to develop that new technical thing with high levels of self-awareness, using video to see what you're actually doing while using progressions to slowly advance or uh, go back if, if you're just totally going back to your old habit. So, Ed, to answer your questions directly, when is the best time to watch these videos? Before you play, an hour or two before? Whenever you have the ability to actually use them and whenever you have the awareness to know what you're looking for in the first place, then any time is a great time. As long as you're taking advantage of the information and you're training yourself instead of just watching videos and playing matches. Uh, when you play, I don't bring a, a phone or a laptop, so I can't watch the videos when I play. That's totally fine. It's great to take notes and maybe great to review videos on the court once in a while. But if you if you really have a big picture view of what you're trying to achieve and you've really learned from the content, I don't think it's necessarily needed to watch the videos right there on the courts. And lastly, I said he said, when I play, I don't rent a court just for myself. I usually play with an instructor or coach. So how do I tell them to use your videos? That's a tricky one. And that's really a whole other uh, topic for another time. In, our, in an ideal world, you'll be able to create the progressions, create the plan, the deliberate practice plan, take it to them, maybe even show them the video and say, hey, this is what I want to achieve. These are the steps I want to use along the way. I'd really like to uh, check myself on video while we work together to see how I'm progressing. A lot of coaches are just not going to go for that. If you find one that does, then awesome. Uh, it's, that's outstanding. That's really kind of best case scenario. Uh, but if you can't, then a ball machine or even just dropping and hitting to yourself is enough to go ahead and progress and improve your own strokes if you follow this process and if you follow good information online. So Ed, I hope this was helpful. Awesome questions. Love where your head's at. I uh, love that you're looking to improve and thank you for being a listener and for writing in with your topic. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the show, feel free to shoot me an email to ian, that's I-A-N, at essentialtennis.com. <laughs>